Welcome to a very spectacular episode of the Gallery Podcast. I am your host, Claudio Sorio. I am joined today by an extraordinary person, somebody that a lot of you know. She's out in the music scene, but she's also the head of a really kick-ass collective in Galveston. She does a lot of stuff here in Houston, and she's also the front woman for El Lago, the band. Welcome, Lauren Eddie. How are you? Good, thank you. You drove all the way over here from Galveston to do this episode. Yeah. Was that traffic scary? Oh, I mean, we do it all the time, so it was actually not as bad today. But it's was it Halloween scary? Uh, I mean, Houston traffic's always Halloween scary. Yeah. There's like always, like, an accident somewhere. 365 days a year, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I want to – I I really want to thank you for coming out here. Uh, you do do a lot of stuff here in Houston. Oh, yeah. But you're from Galveston. Yeah, I'm actually from Texas City, which is really close. It's across the causeway. Let me backtrack a little bit and say, I first met you last year. I want to say about a year ago. We met at a meeting for a workshop on how to start your own shows. Right. And you were there, and I talked to you for a little bit, and you were talking to a couple of other women who were there, and you were giving us some really good advice. Uh, but the reason why we were really excited to have you there uh, was because you run wake the zine Mm -hmm. and which is a zine it's a diy zine that is huge in our music scene but also uh, it's a collective it's a booking collective so how did you get started with that um i think as far as like the zine and the booking the zine kind of came out of um there were shows going on in galveston and i felt like only certain people knew about them and so it was just like an effort to bring in new people to the shows. So I would, I made like some really rough looking black and white print-offs and made it into a zine. And then I left them at the coffee shop I work at. And, um, over time it kind of grew. And that was really the, the hope was like put a calendar in there of like the shows that were happening that month. So that maybe like new people would start coming out to the shows. They didn't have to know somebody, you know, in that little circle to know about the shows. And then the booking, um, I think came out of when you're in Galveston, it's such a small town that you can't play, or I don't think you should play every month when you're a band there, because uh, you burn out your friends. They don't want to see you every month, you know? Sure. Yeah. And and so um, people would still hit me up, like, hey, we'd like to play. And I started hosting shows instead of just playing them myself, and did that with some friends, and uh, that's where the booking side came in. And I really like being, I really like working the door and promoting the shows. Sure. And it also works as promotion for different bands that are coming out of Galveston too, Mm -hmm. because you're so interconnected with this music scene here in Houston. I've talked to a lot of people who I was telling earlier, a couple of friends that I was going to interview you and they were like, oh yeah, Lauren, like she's amazing. Like she, (laughs) she, she is somebody who gets shit done, first of all. (laughs) And a lot of that has to do with the zine, but also your band has been getting a lot of steam lately because you're going to be releasing an album in November. Right. November 4th. Yeah. So how did El Lago come? Was that before you started the zine or? Yes. Um, El Lago, I think started in like fall 2014. So it's been a little while. Okay. Um, And this is your first album that you're releasing? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's my first rock band and definitely first album. Um, 
it's my first time really playing electric guitar. Um, so it's a lot of new first. Is that something that you started when you were younger? Were you actively looking to start a band or were you just jamming with friends and um, you were like, uh, it's funny. My brother, uh, who plays bass in the band, Jake, uh, he was in a lot of punk bands, like in high school and stuff. And, um, I never really was, never really got involved in that. I guess it didn't like occur to me that it was possible and I didn't really know. Um, it's kind of different, like at least being from Texas city, I don't, I feel like people don't come up to you like, Hey, you want to jam? It's a little different. And, um, I, I actually, um, took like classical guitar lessons. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. There was this older man, um, his name was Manuel Pedraza and he had been around for a long time and he gave like $39 a month lessons. It was like once a week, which is crazy. You know? Sweet. It was really Sweet cheap. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and my mom was, my mom was in like, she taught ballet like in high school, but she never really, um, she wanted to pursue music. Like she wanted to learn how to play and she never did. So she kind of wanted us to do something. She tried to get me to play piano and I hated it. Oh, <laughs> I hated it. See, piano. I was, I was always very envious of my friends who were musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, I, I, I could, I'm just so mad at myself because I should have pushed for it more because somebody who loves music so much and we mm-hmm. grew up listening to it, um, to different genres. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say I loved disco music. Oh, and yeah. I had like My a mom would teach disco. Sometimes. Yeah. So like <laughs> I had like Donna Summer vinyls and awesome. so like I wanted to be that kind of singer. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be a disco singer. But yeah, no, I, I I could kick myself for not really pushing to pick up an instrument. Why wasn't piano something that drew you in? I have no idea. Um it just seemed like I guess it wasn't cha- like those stuff we were doing, like your first few lessons aren't very interesting or challenging. So I was really bored. Um, whereas I think in guitar, I don't know, I've always enjoyed it more. It's something about like the physicality of it's really different. And there's more to me, there's more expression. I, I, I'm sure pianists would hate to yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. hear me say that. But to me personally, I feel like more expression when I play guitar, like sliding and that kind of thing. Sure. And I feel, f- especially for the band that you're in right now, it's definitely more invaluable to, to have picked up a guitar, <laughs> yeah, like right? A piano, like, yeah. you're not going to be up there with, like, a, a classical piano. I mean, right? I didn't know about synths, you know. I'd never heard of that before. Sure, yeah, yeah. So whenever somebody said keyboard, I just pictured, like, the little, you know, like, the cheap yeah, yeah. keyboards that people buy their kids. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anything about. And I think synths are really awesome. That could be something to get into, but. Yeah. So, uh, I'm jumping around a little bit because I'm I'm super excited to talk about this music video, which will, by the time that this episode is released, your music video for Colors will have just come out. Right. And I'm so excited to talk about this because our friend, Kristen Massa, yes. <laughs> directed it. She's absolutely amazing. Wow. <laughs> I love her artistry. I got a sneak peek. So if you guys haven't watched the music video, go check it out. It will it will probably be like all over your your social media, right? Your Instagram oh, yeah. <laughs> and your Facebook. So definitely go check it out. Uh, she told me the story before you guys started filming. Oh, cool. Um, and she said that you guys had a lot of challenges filming this music video. <laughs> yes. She put so much work into it. Um, she drove down to Galveston multiple weekends. And um, yeah, she just... Her work ethic really blew me away, and she was always prepared. Jake told me that about her because they'd worked together on a previous video, 
Um, but she's always like, she's got her list of shots that she wants to get. And so I was expecting like, of course I was expecting her to be really structured and everything, but she also is like really creative and in the moment too. So I was pleasantly surprised by that as well. It wasn't like super rigid, but she made sure, you know, um, she kind of knew like when to, Hey, yeah, let's try that. We've got the shots we needed. Let's see how this works. And, um, but still, I don't know. It was, it was really fun working together and, um, there were like a lot of, it was an ambitious shoot. For yeah, sure. and you guys got stopped by a a fucking a hurricane. hurricane yes. Yeah, we were like, yeah. I wonder if the garden's still out there, if it's okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember asking her during the hurricane. I was like, Hey, are you guys still doing that video? And she was I like, know. Yeah, we didn't. We we haven't started on it yet. Mm-hmm. So we really hope that the space that we had picked for it is still going to be there. It was actually in the middle of shooting. Like we'd done a couple of weekends and. So, yeah, I was like, okay, let's pick it back up. And it was, she was like, I know it's hard. You know, we only have a couple more weekends on this. And, and then she was like very driven about getting it edited on time. Yeah. And I I can't imagine editing all that footage. I mean, she was, she's super disciplined. Oh yeah. When it comes to working on projects like this. And I'm really excited that you guys collaborated on this music video because she told me what this was inspired from what the inspiration for the music video, what you told her you wanted to do. And I knew right away when she said that she has such a beautiful artistry that I was like, Oh, she's going to have no problem making this come to life. One of the things that really struck me were the undertones of culture in them, because something Mm -hmm. that I didn't know about you was your Hispanic heritage Mm -hmm. i actually just found out about it okay kristen's the one who told me she was like yeah we're gonna do this whole thing and and, you know it's an homage to her heritage and i was like "Uh, her heritage and she was like yeah did you you think i was italian because a lot of people are like are you italian yeah i mean i mean i get asked all the time if i'm middle eastern you know (laughs) so it's like nobody knows what i am but i mean i i guess i hadn't given it any thought and she started talking about your heritage and how rich in culture she wanted to to make this music video be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, am I missing something? <laughs> and the the color scheme that she that she used for it too that mm-hmm. y- you decided to use for it was so beautiful and vibrant. And mm-hmm. I, it's just a stunning music video. And I can't Thank believe you, yeah. that you guys pulled it off and it's I can't either the perfect the perfect song too. It's for your single colors. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful track and it goes so well. I'm, I'm just so blown away. I'm so excited for people to watch oh, this music you. video because um, I'm really excited for you, for the band, and for Kristen to showcase mm-hmm. this this work. So tell me a little bit more about where that your heritage came in, your culture, and why you wanted to showcase that in this video. Right. Um, well, yeah, I guess maybe that's not always obvious uh, but I'm half Mexican, so I'm, I guess my mom was more like Irish. But um, I guess it it sort of became something I was in the video and in the song that I'm more defensive of um, after living through like 2016 and 2017. Um, just like the hostility that I started to feel. And so the the video, I guess, was a way of... Um, kind of like, even though I'm half, so sometimes I feel like I'm a little in between everything. It was a way of trying to like reconnect with that and claim it really firmly and also like defend it. Yeah. And embrace it. Yeah. 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 And so, um, there's some, 
some references that I, I guess it's not apparent, but like the there's this one part where there's like a hymnal in the like it's the red fabric is happening. Yeah, and that's actually a hymnal from my grandpa's uh, church, which was Spanish. He he mostly spoke Spanish, and I didn't really understand the sermons, but I learned singing and like singing a harmony because everything was too high for me like in Spanish that I didn't understand. <laughs> so it's sort of like part of that weird in between place where it is a part of you, but sometimes you feel like it's not completely yours. And then at the same time, like you actually get, um, you, you also experience some hostility from people too. And so it was just sort of a, something that felt urgent to me. To be able to showcase that. Yeah. So you talked about singing in Spanish when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to music in Spanish as well? Um, I mean, the the church, it was just like my aunt played piano. Mm -hmm. She actually got lessons, I think, um, in my dad's family. They paid for her to have lessons, and she learned piano. And so that was really the only time I heard a lot of it. Yeah. What kind of musical influences did you have inspiring you growing up or even now what do you listen to um lately I've been trying to listen to a lot of different music um I hopefully will have like some opportunities next year to write start writing more about music and um I guess like I turned 30 this year so I don't want to get like stagnant about what I listen to you know and so I've been trying to uh, if I'm at work um, I bake so I'll put like uh, I'll go through an article or I'll go through like the bands that are coming through um, or st stuff that's posted on Instagram because I follow a lot of people who are in music and I'll just try to listen to a lot of new things. Uh, so that's been really fun. And I don't know, I, I'm very like tuned into local stuff. So I do like following a lot of the local bands. So so you, re apart from supporting local bands mm -hmm. and as a part of the collective and the zine, yeah. you do actively listen and attend attend shows which and you know that's something I wanted to talk to you about how is attendance in Galveston because you know I go out to a lot of these shows mm -hmm. and sometimes attendance is pretty low and it's very disappointing yeah Houston's kind of tough I've noticed um Galveston has its own set of problems uh, I this this month with the zine or I guess it was October um I did interview Olivia from, she's like at a Victoria house out in Beaumont. Mm -hmm. And they have a very similar scene, I feel like, to Galveston. Um, our problems are like, it's a very small base. It's a very small town. So like promoters, um, people who book shows, like my friend Pete Hesher uh, in Grease Trap Syndicate, he has a show tonight. Um, you just have to be careful about oversaturating your your calendar. Sure. So maybe like one show a month or two. Uh, and then it just becomes too crowded. There's also like a lot of art events, like art walk happens every six weeks, a lot for Galveston, you know, it's a small town. Sure. Yeah. So that has its own set of problems, but when bands do come through, people are still very excited and it's very personal. You don't have, I don't think you have the opportunity to, um, like really, uh, just choose to go to like one specific genre of shows you you kind of tend to be a little more open to different types of shows like eclectic lineups because it's a small town and um, I like that about it it's it's a little more open that way so uh, in Houston I feel like you could easily go to a show that is sort of fits your general music listening more and 
um, I don't know what it is about Houston. I think there's just too much, maybe too much happening at once. There's some established venues and then there are a lot of like free shows happening. Yeah. There are a lot of pop-ups mm-hmm. and a lot of shows going on of art, which is really exciting. It's great. But yeah, because, yeah, because you see a lot of new artists coming in to the scene and, uh, you've got your people who make the rounds and we all know and love them and they're great, but mm-hmm. I've seen them a thousand times and you get a new act on the scene and it's exciting. But at the same time, you know, I go to these shows and I either, one of two things happens. I either see the same people over and over <laughs> right. again, or there's just not a lot of turnout. What I would ask you is how do we change that? Because as somebody yeah. who, who who runs a zine, I feel like you have a lot more experience than you know, a band starting out, you have this experience, this exposure mm-hmm. to running this collective, running this DIY zine, and you've dealt with a variety of bands with, within different venues, within different genres. Mm-hmm. How do we change that here in Houston, this this problem that we have? Well, at least from the band side of things um, or from the booking side of things, I don't know if we can change what other people are doing, but for ourselves, I think it's it's good to think about like, you have to have you have to be pragmatic and and strategize about it. Like if um, if you're seeing like a low turnout, um, just consider cutting back how often you play, which can be hard because sometimes you're trying to save up for like your next record or whatever it might be. I think it gets really tricky when um, some people have this hope that they can live off of it, and I don't. I just don't know that that's like a reasonable expectation right now because putting out records and stuff is so expensive um so i feel like you you kind of have to separate it in your head like oh i want to make enough money you know hopefully you don't have to depend on this as like your form of living um and then just sort of think of like what's good for the long-term uh success of the project which often is playing the best shows you can less often they're different stages though, because we've we've had stages where I think like this summer we were playing like an insane to me amount of shows every month in Houston, and I was like, is this okay? But- yeah, I know you were on the bill a lot, which yeah. is exciting. I saw you, I saw you twice during the summer. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a busy time, and and sometimes it's like the shows are different enough where they don't really have the same audience or compete with each other, but you just have to be smart. And then the longer you are established, people start to know who you are then you're, you have different goals in mind. So you might be trying to just get on better shows. And honestly, like over time, you just, it takes a little more to get you out there. You're like, oh, I don't really want to play a show that's only going to make 30 bucks anymore. Sure. You so know? That's, that, that's what I was going to ask next is what does it take to get on a bill that has enough exposure? Obviously, you have to be good. You can't just go Man, out there and say, um, "Hey, I just started. I just started uh, this band a week ago. Uh, I'd like to play a main stage show." Thanks. <laughs> it really helps if you're. Um, I feel like if you're good is 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 of course nice, but also if you're just respectful and you're not self promotional in a way that's going to turn people off, because it's very it's hard. People will look at the advice like you need to promote yourself. You need to push yourself. Well, you don't want to, you want to have like in mind, like what's a little too far, you know, you want to respect, you want to be respectful of people and, um, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. It is. And it's not always your fault if it's not doing well. Like I wondered for a long time, like, Oh, what am I 
what am I not doing right for this to, you know, maybe pick off, pick up a little more. And sometimes it's not what you're doing. It's just things take time. It takes time for people to know that you're out there. So I think just being persistent and, and trying to network is, is really important, but to be like genuinely interested, I don't mean network like, um, like in a cold way, but in a warm way, like go out and make friends. It's a great, it's yeah, a great way to support friends. each other, be yeah. persistent and consistent. It's fun to go out. If, I hope that, first of all, I hope that people um, like going to shows because it's definitely something you'll be doing a lot. And so it's fun to go out and, and meet new people and um, to try to play with like more than just the same band all the time, you know, but like really try to meet new bands and it is tough. It's tough to get started. And then once, once it starts sort of rolling, it, it becomes easier um, to get shows. And then I never really thought I would have this problem. When we first started, I was like really excited if we got like one show in Houston, like every six months. And that was like a huge deal to me. But now it's like a lot of shows. I'm like, oh, I don't think I really want to pick that up. And so I'll try to recommend other bands that might be able to take that show. But it's just like being being nice like that too. Like if people hit you up and you think, oh, it's not really a show I want to play, like still be nice and well, here's here's some people you might want to talk to. Well, that's the collective in you too, <laughs> because you you know you know how these bills work. Mm-hmm. You know which bands would work with other bands, and I feel like that side of it is uh it's that's definitely a wake wake collective coming out and and you having that expertise and being able to lend that knowledge and also just help helping people out because it's yeah. such a great opportunity to to be able to help a band out that's just starting out but that you know are good mm-hmm. that's true um i mean you do have to have your um your limitations with that as well um because you, there is like especially early on people will try to get away with like not paying you at all because they're like, Oh, you're just lucky to have a show. Um, I'm not going to go into names or yeah, <laughs> places yeah. you there. Don't, but you don't have to. You yeah. Don't it, have to. it happens. It happens. Yeah. And you quickly, I, I hope that people quickly realize like, Oh, I actually, this doesn't really make sense. And I really feel passionately about that in particular with Houston is there are too many places who are where they try to, um, they want to have music all week and they want, they want to have free shows all week and then they are paying like a very low amount to the bands. And I I just think like if your business model isn't really making sense for you as a business or for the bands, then there are a lot of places in Houston that are trying to make it work and doing it the right way, um, which is to always pay bands. I believe you should always, always, always pay the artists. Like it can be something lower. You just try to do your best, you know, but this this whole thing where you you won't pay a band is to me like unthinkable. Yeah. Like I just don't think that should be happening at all. Sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you guys came together in 2014 and you're just now putting out your first album. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? Finally coming together and putting something down. Oh man. Uh it was such a journey to get there. Um I guess three years doesn't sound like a long time, but it feels like a long time when you're... I I think it sounds like a very (laughs) long time. It was just like getting established and our our original guitarist, um, the second guitarist was wanting to do it at home and it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen. And sometimes it's, people can record at home and it's really positive uh, and it it works for them, but it doesn't work for everybody. And 
Um, we finally got to that point where we had the opportunity to, we met Austin and Austin Sepulveda and um, he was like, hey, um, I know this guy, Steve Christensen, and we work really well together and I think we should go in for a weekend and talk about making an album. It was definitely worth the wait. I'm really, I was just really happy with the experience and how, like the quality of everything. And so, and really like, it just takes a long time to build that awareness of you exist. <laughs> so it was totally worth waiting three years. And also building your sound too, I can imagine. Oh, or yeah. Did, or did you, did you already have that sound in mind or no. is it something that you built um, up to? I always felt very out of control of what we sounded like. <laughs> I have never felt in control of the sound. It was like kind of an organic thing to me where I had just picked up electric guitar and I was like, oh, I don't really know how to go about this, but I just sort of felt it out. And, um, I was, I don't know if anybody, a few people have heard this, but I like, I heard Kate Bush for the first time on like this internet radio station at my work. And I was yeah. like, who is this? And I know it's, it's kind it's of embarrassing, our, but I never listened to our Kate queen Bush. and majesty, Kate Bush. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I've never heard anybody sing like this. It was like so expressive. And I feel like she's always like pushing her voice. I don't know. So that was really inspirational to me. And it was just like a, so that's a weird basis for a band, you know? Sure, and of yeah. course, other things were inspiring. Charlie and Jake and Chris at the time was our guitarist. Um, and people would come up and say, oh, you remind me of this band. You remind me of that band. And half the time I didn't know who they were talking about. I was like, who is that? And then I would go listen to it like, oh, cool. I like this. Oh. Most of the time I was like, this is really cool. That's really interesting. Do you hate that? Do you hate when people are like, oh, you sound just like so-and-so? Oh, no. I'm, I'm always really interested to hear like, okay. what... And I find a lot of good music that way. Like stuff that I would That's like, good. obviously, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, because, I, you know, I, I've come to realize people work, musicians work very hard at building their sound. So for you to just kind of dismissively compare them to somebody, I'm like, oh, let's not do that anymore because this person's working really hard to be unique and try to build their own sound mm -hmm. because I, I know it can't be easy. I'm not in a band and yeah, I'm not a musician. I guess musician. it depends. Like, I guess if you're hearing like the same one band every time, that would be kind of annoying. But yeah. <laughs> usually it's like this wild mix of things that people come up and say, so... The, the weirdest one we ever got. I don't know what was going on, but he he was telling us that we sounded like David Lynch. And it's like the director, huh? We like, I don't know. <laughs> In music know. form, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay. I think he mentioned Eraserhead, and I was like, okay, there's okay. He's like, I don't know what this is about, but it was oh. really. It's always really entertaining. Like even if it's way off, you're like, cool. It's kind of cool to hear like some off the wall. Sure, thing. yeah, some comparison. <laughs> I think like uh, I read it. I read an interview. A couple of years ago, and I think somebody told Joss Stone, they're like, you sound like Christmas. Oh. And she was like, that was the best compliment ever. And I was like, yeah, but what if this person hates Christmas? And what if they're like, oh, I hate the holidays. I'm you know? that person. <laughs> and they're like, Christmas for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way. That's how she. Makes yeah, it. yeah. Uh, so I, I was. I'm. I'm a big sucker for people that compare music that way, and mm -hmm. you find a you know a way to compare. Um, so something that's just, you know, like, oh, you sound like this band. Okay, thanks, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody feels differently about it, but I don't I don't mind. I think it's kind of interesting. So what is your process like? Do you guys get together, write the songs together? Is it just one person writing? What is that um, like? I, it depends. I Some of the earliest songs, some of the songs in the album are like three years old. It's crazy. But some of them I brought in 
more or less complete early on, especially, but now I tend to bring in like a demo, like, oh, I have like part of a song here. And then at first I was annoyed by this, but like collaborating, it was my first collaboration really with a band where we rework a lot of the material, but it's almost like they wouldn't, <laughs> this sounds bad, but they wouldn't like listen to the song <laughs> that I had written. And so it would be, it would like, and this is the thing with working with like your brother too. Oh, <laughs> it's really gosh. funny. Yeah. So like it would become like this completely different thing and I have to change what I was doing. So at first I was like, that's not really what I wrote. I had to change the rhythm or, but then I, I, I came to really enjoy that process. And I, I still remember like the first time that I was in practice and I was able to like improvise something like on like lead guitar. And it was like really good feeling. I was like, whoa, I just made that up and I didn't plan it. And, um, it was kind of by ear. So I, I like that improvising in practice. And so usually we'll, I might bring in pieces and then it'll transform quite a bit. And then I'll go work, I'll go take it home, like we'll record it on an iPhone and I'll go take it home and try to figure out like, what do I see here with the lyrics or the the vocal melody? It's hard writing two things at once live. So that's probably the the big challenge for me is like trying to figure out guitar while I'm trying to figure out vocals. And sometimes I'll just do like weird noises for the vocals. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll go back and try to like kind of match like the vowels or the consonants or whatever something that sounds right it writing is is still really difficult I'm not one of those people who cranks stuff out constantly and a lot of the ideas we end up dropping because it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really satisfy us or especially like having the record out a lot of those songs were like kind of naive almost like oh we finished a song it wasn't ever really intended to be on a on an album um like it's still surprising to me so I think the bar just gets a little higher and you want to you're a little more conscious of like, well, what do I want to put out there next? So that's, yeah, that's always a challenge to me writing. So I want to ask you a little bit about your experience. You've been on a couple of bills, well, more than a couple. We just talked about how you guys have been getting booked for a lot of shows. What has your experience been like as a female in the music scene, either in Galveston or here in Houston? And I want to say, first of all, I hate asking this question because I really want to start normalizing Mm -hmm. females in music, you know, asking you, what is your experience like? You know, have you ever been harassed? But the truth is that it exists. Yeah. Have you ever had any challenges or any obstacles that you'd have to overcome because you were a female? Um, You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, it's something that we think about. And I really feel like um, my work experience has always been in service, like food service mostly, but of course that that's always involved customer service. And I feel way more respect and um, I feel like I have more of a platform and more, more freedom as a musician than I ever have as a service worker. So I compare it to that, like the things that I put up with at work are way worse to me than anything that might like any one incident that might happen at a show or so I put it in that perspective it's sad that any of that happens at work like I have had to file harassment at work a couple of times and um, I've had like customers who've said things or co-workers or managers Um, so really that's been like a that was a great uh, even though I I hated it (laughs) it was a great training for me sure Um, I'm not in customer service anymore I'm a baker now I like (laughs) I moved to the back because I it just I don't want to say it broke me but I was just like 
done. <laughs> so you're a creator. You create things. You bake. You yeah, make is, music. You I guess so. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But it's it an is, art. It is like a it's a practice anyway. It's like a it's it's something you have to be in touch with like what you're doing and adjust make little adjustments and kind of feel it out. But yeah, I think I think being a musician, um there is sort there are some rough I think there's some rough patches when you first start out. And in Galveston it was like I think Houston, you're probably lucky up here because there's so many women in music. And in Galveston, there was like, I couldn't, when I first started going out and playing, I couldn't name like one woman in another original band that I knew of. She might be out there. I just haven't, just you know, playing. but, yeah. and now it's changed. You know, there's like tonight, uh, Kink Shame is playing. They're from Galveston and um, Sarah it fronts that band. And uh, I'm just really excited. Like there's my friend Mel, um, Mo Black is what she goes by, um, and she she sings for India Tigers in Texas, and she'll play like theremin now, which is really fun. Oh, cool! And like percussion and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I have a lot more company now. But or- originally, it was like people. There were like some people who were like, "Oh, are you like, are you the girlfriend? You're going to be working the door." Yeah. It was like old guys, you know. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. But no, <laughs> no. Like I mean, it, it's true. You know, you. I was talking to my mom about this because. It's so weird to think about, but my parents used to live in Montrose and they used to go to places like Sound Exchange and they would have uh, date nights at, you know, uh, different venues in Houston that are still around today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I asked my mom, what kind of bands played back then? And she was like, oh, well, just a bunch of guys. <laughs> it's still like Just that a sometimes. bunch of guys. And it, yeah, and, it, and that's the sad reality. And, it, and you said it earlier, there are a lot more women coming mm-hmm. out, but there's still a lack of exposure. And several of them are still trying to find their footing and trying to find an in on a bill that is very visible that, you know, I go back and forth about that. Cause I also think, um, there are few, since there are fewer women out there, um, maybe that helps you stand out a little bit. Cause I know they're like, you can like throw a stone and hit a guy. Not that you don't want to do that, but hitting no, a guy let's, who like th- plays. Let's throw all the stones. <laughs> see how many guys we can hit. There, there are tons of, you know, like there are tons of, um, tons of people out there like who play or have tried being in a band or are currently doing that at home. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. So I don't know that it's like particular to being a, a, a woman. I think it, it can help you like kind of stand apart in a way. And uh, I know like they say, they say that festivals are still, women are still pretty underrepresented mm, at festivals. Yeah. So I think that's probably a, a thing. Um, but I feel like indie in particular, which I think we're kind of in that umbrella category is very friendly to women. And I've, the vast majority of men that I've met in music have been very welcoming. They don't treat you any different. Um, I've had really positive on the whole experiences uh, in Houston. And there's still, I think this like overlaps with like alcohol and stuff though. Like there's still like drunk people who come up and will like want to touch you or that happens, but that can happen at a bar. You know, you're basically sure. working at a bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I, I think on the whole people are, supportive and want to see you out there. Yeah. I was having a discussion with somebody and they said, you know, it makes business sense for these venues to to start booking women because we're living in a new, in a new age. (laughs) We're Mm -hmm. living in this awakening of women starting to come forward and saying, Hey, you know, 
I'm, I'm a great musician and I have great music and I can go up against any guy any day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, their point was these venues need to start booking women. But the way I looked at it, I was like, well, it shouldn't have to be about business sense. It should just be because they're good. Yeah. And that's tough with venues too, because like knowing people who uh, are like talent buyers, it's, um, there's so much that goes into that and, and you still need people to come in and buy tickets. And so there's always like a balance of giving people like their, their first shows or like opportunities and still trying to make your business work. Um, and so like it, it's definitely work on both sides that needs to happen. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough field for sure. Like it's, I'm surprised that I'm even here at all. So, but I, I see things that are very encouraging. It's, it's been good, at least for me. And I think people are, you know, like having like a, I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but like there've been like a very masculine, like all guy band since like the sixties or fifties, you know, it's like sure. since the birth of rock and roll, that's kind of what's gone mm-hmm. on. And people, um, I mean, there's not anything that's really counterculture about that to some degree. Like, and so there's something a little bit more punk or a little more rock and roll about like other perspectives, like challenging, you know, just sort of like shaking things up a little bit. So I think people are interested in seeing that, you know, you're just for the sake of like variety. Cause you don't always want to see like the same type of music rehashed over and over. So, um, people are looking for that fresh perspective, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. women, I don't know. I think I'm always trying to find like the, a balance. I think everybody has a different balance, but like sometimes that hyper masculinity stuff is just kind of like, it's kind of stale. It can be kind of stale. Yeah, it's kind tiresome. Of, kind of tiresome. Over um, it, yeah. But I think to see, like, I think you want to just explore different things. So, like, as as a woman performing, sometimes you might want to get in touch with something, like, a little more aggressive. And sometimes you might want to just really be in touch with something more feminine. It just depends. Like, I, I think we all know people who go both ways with it. Um, sure. Yeah. Like, there's a, a someone who played in Galveston, Julia Lucille from Austin. She's really cool. And... I really enjoy like her um, her album and her live shows and everything, but she talks about like trying to keep things like feminine, and I'm like, huh, that's that's like really interesting to me, and I really enjoy that from her. But for myself, I kind of try to balance it a little more. Sure. I, I tend to like balance when I when I'm booking a show. I try to have it like it just feels more natural to me to have like a mix of genders and try to have some balance out there instead of it just being like this monolithic same thing over and over again, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I want to jump back to your zine and you've interviewed so many people that you've interviewed some bigger names and you also focus on local acts. Mm -hmm. How do you go about picking or reaching out or approaching these artists to interview them for, for wait the zine? It's funny. I don't really think of it as like trying to find big names or anything to interview because it's, it's more about like the shows that are happening that month. If there's a show coming up, I will try to kind of unpack it. Like, so I'll have like a calendar and it's just like the shows that I think are, it's a, it's a small list of shows. Cause in Galveston, you have like these um, tourist kind of publications where you, you go through like pages and pages of like, you know, a weekly cover band or something. And so it's a very small calendar. And then I'll go through and, think about like, well, who, who might I want to interview or assign to be interviewed? 
and it's that's really what it's about. It's not like let's get these locals and big I'll, fish in here. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really like. Sometimes I'll avoid the the, the bigger, bigger bands. Yeah, because yeah, I figure they're busy, and I don't really. I don't know. It depends. Um, I I really like doing interviews. Sometimes I'll assign them to different people, but it'll be like a band like Pink Shame that really Houston doesn't know about them. Oh, Galveston. <laughs> To be honest, like Galveston, there's a small scene of people who are interested in music, just like here, I guess. And so, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't even know about us there. And to be like a smaller band in Galveston, I think it's kind of fun to be in a zine and have an interview. So how do you and your writers approach these interviews? Everyone interviews kind of different, I feel yeah. like. So I'm always... I love to see how other people interview an artist. And to me, it's like, it's a creative process. So you sit down and you, I think it helps to do research, like to listen and kind of see what their other recent interviews are like and um, spend some time with like maybe their music videos. And a, a lot of the time I'll know the person to some degree because I do interview a lot of Houston bands and that kind of helps. And so you, um, like, I think that that might be why, uh, David Garrick is so great at writing and covering local music because he's always at shows talking to people. So he knows he knows a lot of the bands personally, and that makes it a lot easier um, to kind of dig a little deeper. To me, it's fascinating because sometimes you um, you ask a question and you get back like this really cool answer. Sometimes you're just really good with words. And, <laughs> like any question, you yeah. feel like you hit the jack the jackpot. Right. Like, well, well I, mean, a great I was answer. so nervous about interviewing you because oh. I was like, well, she interviews so many people and she knows so many cool people, and you know, <sighs> I don't want to ask the same stale questions. And I, you know, I really I, wanted I to get done a lot of interviews, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but you know, I, I wanted to get to know you, and I wanted. Uh, to showcase what your process is like, because to me, you're just a fascinating person because you have your hand in all sorts of projects. Mm -hmm. And it's so inspiring to see somebody, anybody just have the motivation to do something. Because I, I feel like, sure, you know, people have a band, but you know, they take it one step further. You've taken it one step further and you have this zine and it's not just any zine. This is a zine that people go by. It's, I, I, heard, I didn't even know it was from Galveston. I've known about Wake oh. Zine for, for a while now. And then when they introduced me to you last year, they're like, oh, she, she runs Wake the Zine. She runs it mm -hmm. from Galveston. I was like, what? And I was like, I just thought there were a bunch of Galveston bands on there. I don't know. I was like, I thought somebody was being nice to Galveston and Houston. Um, so it's really great to see somebody out Houston's there. Houston's been nice to Galveston, I guess. Uh, no, I, I mean, it's it's just really great to see somebody out there that's actually doing stuff that's motivating bands to come out here and, and just back and forth. You know, yeah. we have exports. We have, mm -hmm. you know, people who go out there and play shows now. You know, I have friends who go out to Galveston and play shows. And, yeah. you know, now we have bands from Galveston coming over here and it's so cool because it mixes it up oh yeah and it's and it's super exciting to see somebody that has uh kind of taken those reins and is like Let, let's do this so I'm I, I really want to thank you for that oh, thank you for doing that and that's why I was so excited but I was so nervous oh. I'm like what is she she's gonna think I'm such a loser no. asking these questions like so <laughs> no. what inspires you um but yeah, I'm I'm really excited that you took the time to to come on here. I know you're a very busy person, uh, but you do have this album coming out. What is the exact date in November? November fourth. Okay, yeah. and Into the Clearing was the first single that was out. Mm -hmm. That is out right now. Right, right. So if y'all haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it right now. <laughs> Colors is is probably going to be out. Um, it will be out will, by yeah. the time this episode airs. 
and the music video that goes along with it, which we've already talked about. And oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. I'm so excited <laughs> for everybody to watch it. There's so much texture. There's so much emotion. And it's just visually beautiful. I'm so interested to see how people react. It. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it was strange, like when you're there for each setup, like they're called setups, like each, you know, mm-hmm. a scene. And like when you're there behind behind the scenes it's like very strange to see it and you don't have like a fresh perspective Mm -hmm. on the video anymore because you're like oh that's like I remember Charlie the drummer making a comment like oh the snake looks like he has a lot of personality I don't know if people are going to take it seriously (laughs) I was like are you sure it's not because we played around with the snake for an hour (laughs) (laughs) so you you kind of met the snake and we hung out so it kind of changes your did you name him he had a name his name's Ruben (gasps) Yeah, Ruben the he's eleven. Snake. He's an eleven foot snake. Yeah, so cool. He's huge. That is. You don't get to snake. interact with things like that very often. Yeah, like you know, people have dogs. That was a very interesting <laughs> touch. Because, oh yeah, because because Kristen was like, "Yeah, there's a snake in the video," and I was like, "Oh really?" <laughs> I was telling them like it has to be a real snake, or else there's no point in doing. No, one of those stuffed boa like, snakes. Yeah, he actually suggested that. And I was like, "No, we can't do anything like that." It has to be real. There's something fascinating, like inherently fascinating about it. Like there's some study that I saw where babies will watch a snake longer. Like they're fresh to the world, so they have no idea that it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. But if you put it around, I don't know who put a baby around a bunch of animals. But <gasps> oh they would God. they would hold eye contact with they would watch the snake longer than they would other types of animals. Interesting. It's, just, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's super fascinating. It has no legs. Yeah. And the way it moves and it's just a thing. And can you imagine, yeah. so like a baby, if they're like, I guess an, an infant, they can't really see that clearly. So they just oh, see like a, I didn't a even know that. <laughs> they just see like a blob, you know, slithering around, I bet. They're but, so strong though. I'm glad I didn't read this before that it was like one hour. It was, it was like, you know, they came all the way to Galveston with the snake. And um, later I read about like this, it was like a snake about the same size, like Killing a teenage boy, probably about my size, oh my like God. overnight. And I was like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't read that yeah. before. But they, I mean, they're wild creatures. Yeah. I would have <laughs> been like, bye, Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, snake. <laughs> uh, so are there any bands that you're really excited about locally? Oh, locally. Um, let's see. Obviously, Bodie, I'm really excited to hear the album because I haven't heard it yet either. <laughs> I've seen the cover though. It's really I thought you were cool. gonna, I thought you were gonna say like obviously us El Lago. Oh God, no! <laughs> like I've spent a lot of time with us. <laughs> I was like more excited about the show because we're playing with Bodie. I don't know. Like yeah. you, you spent so long with the material, and then it's like a release show, and it's like you don't really want all the attention to be on that. And so it was just the doing the double release is just so fun to me. Like yeah. I'm really looking forward to it and. Especially since we both recorded it at the same place with Steve, and um, it's just fun. And Astragal is going to open in Houston, Mm -hmm. so I'm excited about that. And TV's opening at the one in Galveston. What date? Um, When when is that going to be? That, so, yeah, Houston is at Rockefeller's November 4th, and then the Galveston show is, like, November 10th at Old Quarter, which is one of the only dedicated venues in Galveston. Um, so they're both going to be really fun just because of the bands and everyone who's going to be there. I feel like, um, as far as like Galveston, there's just so many, so many people in my building alone. There's, there's like, a India Tigers in Texas, which is, uh, Jaren, our guitarist also plays in that band. Charlie was filling in for a little bit on drums. And then, um, 
Let's see, we have Tomb at May, the drummer lives in our building, Dexas, and there's Kink Shame that's playing tonight. Um, yeah, tonight, it's, tonight's oh, October tonight. 20th. I'm so sorry. So <laughs> Not tonight. if you're listening to this, you've missed it. That's right. That's, that's your right. bad. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been following the zine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on. There's there's uh, Evac, who's Flynn Donovan, who is actually like, it's funny, I realized that he inspired the into the clearings that spoken part like in the verses Mm -hmm. it's been so long since i wrote that song but i was thinking back like oh i was watching him and i was like that looks fun like because he he raps you know yeah so it's a very different kind of delivery and i was like that looks so fun and that's kind of why i tried that out (laughs) so it's like it's an inspiring place to me there there's blast dad my my co-workers and blast dad i'm sure i'm missing people i feel bad i should have made a list but i mean if you follow the zine or if you follow pete at Grease Trap Syndicate, you can definitely see a lot of the shows. Yeah, in Houston, oh, there's so many, there's so many bands. All the, all the Miss Champagne bands. I love, I love Miss Champagne records. Like mm-hmm. I was a fan before. Yeah, <laughs> before being on the the label. On the label. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was and really I excited Jessica. when I when when you guys signed when you guys joined. Yeah, it just seemed like a the. I honestly don't. I can't think of anybody else that I'd rather do the record with. You know, it's really yeah. exciting. And of course, it's a cassette right now. We might do a vinyl. Um, maybe like early next year, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Jessica's one of those people too. She plays bass in Rosette mm-hmm. and of course has a day job and, um, has this, the label and it's, it's, I don't know, it's, she's somebody I really respect and trust. I, I think that's important when you're working with somebody because yeah. you're going to be representing each other and Absolutely. that's a big deal. So to, to feel like a lot of trust for somebody's judgment and, um, I don't know, that's, that's a huge thing. So I like to end all of my episodes with the question, what is currently inspiring you? It could be a book, it could be a movie, it could be a song, an artist. So what is currently inspiring you right this moment? I'm I'm a little worried about myself because I've been listening to like heavier music lately and I'm like, oh no, this could be really bad. Like what if it's like, because it can easily be cheesy. There's like that really fine line. Like what? Um, Like, I don't know, like... Um, today I was listening to King Woman <laughs> and like, I've just been listening to different stuff. I was listening to marriages and one of my coworkers came in the back, like, is this that like a black metal band called Kitty from whatever? I was like, no, I don't know who that is, but, um, uh, we were like, no, wrong. Like You're swans incorrect. and like, I don't know. I've, I've been trying to listen to a lot of different music, but after a while, I guess the, maybe it's just, just like, just time passing, you know, like. Um, the 2000s had like trends and now has trends, but it's, it's kind of become a little boring when you hear something. And I even feel this about some of my own work. It's like, um, you just need something that you connect with and feels fresh. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what direction I really want to go into. Cause like I was saying, I, I felt like very out of control when we first started the band. I didn't really know, like, I didn't even know what genre we were and people started coming up and being like, y'all are shoegaze or y'all are dream pop. And I was like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Which I haven't even... You were really- like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> I'm like, sure. <laughs> you have to tell people that you're something, you know? Sure, yeah. So I don't, I don't know that I'm really comfortable with those, but I guess, I, I guess I've been trying to like listen to some of that and feel it out. I, I don't want to be like, you know cheesy like heavy band or anything but yeah. colors is a little more in that direction i feel like somebody at walters was like oh yeah i like 
I like quiet, heavy music because <laughs> <laughs> I have this tiny little amp, <laughs> yeah. which I get a lot of flack for. But it's like we have a Honda and it has a drum kit in it and sometimes like three people. So it's like, how big of an amp can I fit in there? Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really want to thank you for your time, uh, for coming all the way from Galveston. And you're probably oh, going to yeah. head back now, <laughs> right? So you came over here just for this interview. I'm, I, I can't tell you how, how thankful I am to oh, I'm thankful have, to you thanks for having me on the show <laughs> and I'm, I'm really excited for Alago and all the great things um where do you guys see yourself going in like a year's time oh, I, I have no idea any tour um, plans yeah I'd like to uh I think Jake has a turnaround with the, the refinery thing um I yeah so we're probably not going to be too active like in the spring but Hopefully, like, the summer or the fall. And we, we do have, like, this little mini tour we're going on in December with Holy Golden. They're kind of a... I think they're a newer band, but I really like their latest release. Um, Walthar Records put it out. Okay. Um, and so we're going to do, like, some dates with them in December. And then, yeah, hopefully 2018. It's... I don't know where... What the future holds, but I'm I've been really curious and i'm excited about it so well i'm yeah i'm super excited to see once you guys release this album i'm excited for everybody to get to hear the sound <laughs> and to get to hear what you guys have had a long time in the making it oh, seems yeah. like <laughs> so if people want to reach out to you how can they reach you you have a facebook page and instagram yeah you know I, I do prefer email like there's somebody today at work trying to talk to me about booking and i was like baking and i was like i don't really know who this is i really prefer like an email like don't try to find me on my job please oh my oh oh so they were they went to your job yeah. in person yeah oh okay. i hope they're not listening i'm sorry oh. it's like <laughs> no i mean that's i've never had anybody tell me like yeah they, they came and looked for me yeah usually everybody reaches out via social media or online or yeah email. like and you know email is best like instagram is kind of annoying because you can't like i don't know yeah it's, yeah it's like and sometimes people reach out on SoundCloud and like, oh, wow, I'm so surprised I found this because it's always spam. It's like <laughs> yeah, 2,000% spam. <laughs> so email is great. It's like alagoband at gmail.com. And then if you're interested in Galveston, wake the scene at gmail.com. And uh, I, if I can't um, book it, because I only do about one a month just for practical reasons because I like to get everybody paid, <laughs> um, then I can at least like recommend maybe some somewhere you could book or somebody else you could work with, like my friend Pete. Uh, that's definitely somebody to hit up to, Pete Hesher, with a Grease Trap Syndicate. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming in from Galveston and visiting with us. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me on Instagram or Facebook at The Gallery Podcast or via email at thegallerypodcast.com at gmail.com. I almost <laughs> forgot my own email address. Gmail is awesome. Well, you know what? I don't email myself often, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know my own email address. <laughs> Sorry. Or check out our website, www.thegallerypodcast.com. And uh, thanks again. And listen to Kristen's podcast. It was really good. <gasps> oh, I have to thank go back you. and listen to that again. She is amazing. She's a gift. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I hope I'll make her listen to this episode. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, we talked about you a lot because we love you so much <laughs> but she's so inspiring and you are super inspiring and thank i am you. so grateful to 
to have you as a friend and to watch you grow as an artist. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be a great one. So thanks thanks again, everybody, for listening. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. (laughs) Be safe out there. Yeah, don't don't eat too much candy. (laughs) Don't get a tummy ache eating too much candy. Or alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, or don't get super drunk and and pass out in some bar. Don't get kicked out. Don't do that. Uh, Don't be gross. (laughs) Don't creep on, on women. Don't definitely don't do that. I will find you. Yeah, we will find you. (laughs) Bye, everybody. 